Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of the Turbo Team podcast with Jake Brendan, Alex Powell. In today's episode, me and Jake covered the Tiger King docuseries on Netflix uh, for a majority of the episode, and then at the very end, me and Jake both talked about uh, all the movies and shows we watched in the month of March. And so, uh, if you stick around to the end, we plug our social medias. So if you uh, view it as to kindly follow us on there, if you'd like, uh, we'd really appreciate it. If not, thank you for all the support, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to episode two of the Turbo Team podcast. I'm Jake Brand, and we have a lot to talk about this week. Alongside me, once again, Alex Powell. How are you doing, Alex? Doing well, Jake. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, Tiger King was the most unexpected awesome surprise of 2020 so far and i'm ready to talk a lot about it it was a roller coaster ride the whole time a lot of ups and downs and 360s and loops you know yeah it wasn't i i like 60 or not 60 minutes uh 48 hours and those other murder mysteries that are on nbc but they're all somewhat predictable just because they have that 48 hours formula Tiger King mm-hmm. was not predictable at all, and I think that's what I love the most about it. Uh, yeah. Moving on yeah. to that, what do you, what did you love about the show the most? I so I liked, I really, the part I really loved about the show was number one, it's kind of a cool premise if you think about it. Like, like it's something that no one really understands, like the, the like the normal person, like you and me. Like we just see these zoos and we're like, all right, but like some zoos are nicer than others, but for the most part, they're kind of like kind of the same thing i didn't understand this whole like underground world of like you know the cub petting and how how it's illegal for these people to like trade like to sell tigers to others use and stuff and like how illegal it is for them to keep these like exotic zoos off the side of the road with like 200 300 cats and like primates and elephants and stuff like that you know so i guess i I don't know i see a i drive by a highway and i see a zoo on the side of the road i'm like all right it's probably not you know well kept but you know it's a zoo nonetheless so i thought that was just kind of cool like you know diving in and seeing like how like kind of dark this whole world is and how like how much of a of an actual business it is you know as opposed to just you know just as a normal zoo like we're used to uh I, I don't know my I, it was, like I've said it's a it's a it was a roller coaster ride up and down I didn't I didn't I never knew it was gonna come next so I I mean I have I have a ton of thoughts and I'm gonna try and get all of them out but I could talk for hours about the Tiger King yeah I don't I don't think it's possible to get all of your thoughts about the show out in just like one podcast episode but we're mm-hmm. gonna try our best and one thing that I really liked about the show was just the tone it kind of kind of set from the beginning and this is just like a super bizarre just really odd type of thing that no one knows about like you said and the director and the makers of this documentary really embrace that and they really embrace like how crazy joe exotic is how crazy the entire farm is and just how weird this industry is and i think i really liked how they just they didn't sugarcoat that and they just dug into like the really nitty-gritty weird parts of tiger farming yeah so, uh, ready joe exotic i don't know how you can even describe joe exotic but i alex i want you to take me through your your thoughts of exotic from what you saw before you saw the show so episode one all the way up to episode seven so 
so when I first watched the show, like I kind of I kind of like Joe Exotic because he put off in the first couple of episodes he put he puts off this persona like he genuinely cares for his animals and like the, like he's raised them since they're cubs and so like like they're they're comfortable with him he he's loving of them and he treats them well and stuff and then I guess the first kind of red flag that I realized that maybe Joe Exotic wasn't the type of guy that you know he kind of puts out to the world was when uh when uh they they showed how they feed the cats they had like 250 cats like and that's just like tigers and lions they also had like like alligators and they had monkeys and like uh apes and stuff like that so but just to feed the cats they would import like two like expired meat in like truckloads from walmart like two truckloads of expired meat from walmart and that they would just like dump it in bins and that's how they would feed the cats or they would uh they would get in dead cows like not not cows that are like killed for like their meat. The cows just like died in the field or in like cages or something. And then they would get those dead cows, hook off a leg or an arm or a you know a shoulder or something, and just throw that in the cage. And I was like, well, so first red flag I had was he's like they're not feeding the animals properly. Like I don't I don't know anything about taking care of big cats, but I know for a fact you don't give an animal expor- uh, expired meat or like a dead cow because of like the bacteria and stuff in it. It could kill it. And so that was the first time I kind of like all right, I was kind of getting iffy on him and then I was like, well maybe he's like it, I mean the like just looking at the zoo looks kind of run down. Maybe they're kind of low on money. So I mean it's not I, I mean, it's not good to feed your cat expired meat, but I mean, they, they, he could be abusing the cats and stuff. And then as the show goes on, we find out, you know, he's kind of he's selling the cats. He's putting down uh, they cover it a little bit with Doc Antle too. kind of a, a, a common theme among these like exotic zoos. These like like a private owned exotic zoos is uh, like the, the cub petting is how they make most of their money. You know, they bring out they get up these groups and then they bring out the, the tiger cub and they have everyone pet it and they can play with the tiger cub and take pictures with it. And that's how they make a lot of their money. But once these cubs – but they have 250 tigers. If they let all these cubs grow up, then they're going to have like too many tigers and they're not going to be able to afford all of them. So when they so they kill some of these cubs like uh, like Doc Antle Joe Exotic hints at towards the very end of the show that Doc Antle like would gather up all these cubs in like gas chambers and just you know gas them out and that's how he'd kill all these cubs so he didn't have to take care of them when they grew up and so towards the end of the show we find out you know kind of Joe Exotic's kind of taking cats out to the you know the behind the barn or whatever and shooting them and he maybe he's not and then he's like killing cubs and so and then obviously he you know tried to hire a hitman to kill carol baskin which we, we'll get into a little bit later but uh i don't know but i i liked him at first but by the end i was kind of like all right i'm kind of kind of fed up with this guy get him out of my face you know yeah i'd agree i thought at the beginning he was probably the most likable character he had kind of that like joe dirt vibe to him just mm-hmm. trailer yeah. boys all that stuff and then you realize, oh, this is like real life, and this guy's probably not treating these animals the best they could, and he's giving Carol Baskin death threats, and he's not mm-hmm. treating his workers the best. So as the show went on, I think I still rooted for him just because I did see a study, and it was like 60% of the time um, in a movie or TV show, the first character you're introduced to, you end up cheering for them. So even if... Yeah. Makes sense. Even if they're not like the most likable character on the show, going back to our Goodfellas talk last week, Henry Hill was the first person shown in Goodfellas. He's mm. kind of portrayed as the protagonist. So even if Exotic isn't necessarily the protagonist in the story, that's how Netflix kind of plays it out to be. And that's how I think 
the theme and the message of the show is. Mm-hmm. So exotic, he's he's sort of in the middle, I would say. He's not like you don't hate him, but you don't love him. What are some characters that you just loved in this show? Um, I really like Travis Maldonado. Uh, one of one of uh, three of Joe's husbands we meet in the show. Uh, I, I thought Travis was, you know, just he seemed he was a young guy. I don't the whole, you know, his whole marriage situation with Joe we can get into a little bit later. But as far as Travis goes, I, th- I mean, he just he seems like a fun dude to be around. Obviously, he had a meth addiction and he was kind of addicted to weed and stuff. But I mean, for the most part, he just seemed cool. He liked blowing stuff up. He liked shooting guns. He seemed pretty relaxed and like someone that everyone around the the zoo really you know enjoyed being around. And I I really like Travis. I mean, one thing about the characters in the show is it's all of them, all of them kind of suck in a way, you know, like there's not really any good, even like the producer guy that's like, like the, he's the one that starts out the show. You know what I'm talking about? He's got really the nasal, nasally voice. Was on mute. Yeah. Was it? <laughs> that Uh, yeah, probably. He was wearing like a hat the whole time. He was yeah. smoking a cigarette. Yeah. I mean, even he, he like. At first, you seem like, okay, this guy seems like the only normal guy in the show. And then he ends up, like, fleeing to Oklahoma because he had a, I think he was a crack addiction. And then he ended up, no, like, I think he's, I don't think he lives in America anymore. He's in he's Norway to... right now. He's in yeah. Norway, and he's filming a man living a two-way life, like a double life, while also snacking. He lives off of reindeer stew. So yeah, so of that like, guy one is... of the people in the show that is like portrayed as the most normal ends up right now being in Norway living on reindeer stew. That's so just like I that's I don't think you can explain the bizarreness of that show without bringing that up. Think of all the characters and people you met throughout the all seven episodes. It was like what was like probably five hours total, maybe maybe like four or something like that. So about like all that time we spent watching these people. The one, the guy that's living in Norway, producing a double lifestyle documentary and living off reindeer stew, is the probably the most normal one out of all of them. So, I mean, that just kind of shows you kind of people we're we're interacting with here. I think like the only character on the show that you can't make an argument against is Saf, the one who mm-hmm. lost their arm to the tiger. Yeah. Saf was like just automatically supportive of like anyone and anything on the show i don't mm-hmm. think i heard saf say anything negative they were just chilling every every day just chilling on the farm i think saf is pretty cool and then also the what was a guy with the long blonde hair he he was the head i think he was the head keeper he was pretty cool too he was cool he had like a but i think like his first thing he was like yeah i kind of had a kind of had a meth addiction i was kind of down on my luck and joe was like hey why don't you come work for me and i was like all right i need a job so even that guy kind of had his faults you know yeah and then yeah saf saf uh he ends up losing his arm to like a tiger and they show that i think that was like the second episode and the scene where joe exotic comes in he's like everyone's just shopping in the gift store and he's like ladies and gentlemen i need to make an announcement you're probably going to hear this on the news tonight but we did just have a keeper uh loser lose his arm to a tiger and then everyone just kind of stares at joe and joe's like so i can refund your money if you want and then everyone just walks out <laughs> it's just and the whole the clip where he's like i don't think i'm ever going to financially recover from this it's like <laughs> 
<laughs> and then you meet the I think he's the manager. He's like the guy missing both his legs, and you're like, well, okay, so that, was that a tiger? Did he? You know, I know, I know what you think. I got my legs bitten off by a tiger, <laughs> but, but it was just like. I don't even remember what he said it was. It was a ziplining accident. Zip he was like, he's like he was ziplining and he fell and he just and he landed on his legs and his legs just like shattered. And then like I think he and then he said he had, like all the muscle and stuff like tore from it. And so when he he said uh, he had his legs after the accident, but he was literally just walking on like his bones because all none of his muscles and stuff were like intact anymore. Oh. So he was just walking on bones. So he was like, all right, just cut the legs off. <laughs> Oh gosh. So yeah. we can talk about the most likable characters for just a couple minutes because there's mm-hmm. not too many of them. Now the best segment. Who are you? Who did you say? Characters? Who did you say oh, your like your most likable was? I'd I'd probably go with. I don't know. I still want to go with Joe Exotic, but I know that's not the right answer. The, I think the campaign man. I think I'm going to go with Rick Kirkham. Was he the was he the snitch? No, Rick Kirkham was he was the producer of the oh, show. Oh, the producer guy. I don't know. Yeah. I just I respected like every shot. He was just like in a coffee shop wearing a cowboy hat, mm-hmm. drinking dark coffee, smoking he, a cigarette. Yeah. yeah, he was just he was just cool. Uh, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. We can go. So. There's not oh, I, oh, I'm sorry. I remember what I was gonna say. It was uh, I, I liked, I liked the one thing I thought was funny about Rick was he was like, yeah, I, you know, you wanted me to produce a show, and I was like, yeah, I'll come produce your stupid online show as long as I can get stuff for my documentary I'm doing about you and the corrupt stuff you do here. I was like, that's such an alpha move, just yeah, to, I, like, yeah, sure, whatever, and then just like right in front of this guy's face, film something that's gonna wreck his entire life. That's such a, that's such a top dog move. Yeah, Rick Kirkham might have been the most alpha guy in the show. Maybe <laughs> other than Doc Antle. But there's oh, Doc only like so so alpha, bro. There, Doc there's Antle only like is three or four so likable characters in this show, so this is probably a better segment to talk about. Yeah, Who are your yeah. least favorite characters? So the one guy I could go on forever about is uh uh what was his name? Is Carol Baskin's uh, second husband. Was his name Howard? Howard. I think I so. Hate Howard. I don't care what his last name is. I hate that man with the pa- a passion. A He's got. He is the definition. Of, you look up simp in the in the in the dictionary, and it's just a picture of Howard next to on that on the leash with Carol. At, did you do you remember that picture from their wedding? Oh yeah. He was dressed was up terrible. as a cat on a leash, and she's just like leading him around. You just look up simp, and it's just that picture of Howard. On a leash. We talk about the most alpha guys. Howard is the most beta guy on that show. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. In, oh, God, I hate Howard, man. He's just he, all he is is just a suit and, a, and all he does. All, all the only reason Carol keeps him around is because he's like he's a yes man to Carol, and then all the legal stuff that she wants to get involved with. He's like, all right, well, here's what you can do, here's what you can't do, and so that's the only reason she keeps him around. That he just gives her legal advice, and that's why she hasn't fed him to a tiger yet tiger yet either yeah um howard is awful and before we move on to dislikable characters uh john finley joe's ex-husband he's a he's a good guy he should be on the likable characters list too 
But you already yeah. mentioned Howard. I'm not a Howard fan. But perhaps no even worse than Howard is her is his wife, Carol. And Carol Baskin is like unanimously the antagonist of the show. Even though she might she's, say she has good intentions, I feel like she's a huge hypocrite and she's doing exactly what Exotic was doing, just with more money. And mm-hmm. yeah, more money to pay off uh, snitches, more money to pay off her sheriff brother. It's that was a yeah that was a that's detail not that we even didn't like really saying the cover. fact that she um, murdered her husband and fed him to tigers reportedly, yeah. but without a doubt, I think Carol Baskin is like the most unlikable person on the show and one of the most unlikable like characters I've ever seen on TV. She oh that that's one thing you bring up is I I didn't really like. I'm just kind of not realizing Big Cat Rescue is like a big corporation. Like they have a, they're like they're huge. They have so many like supporters and fans and like people come visit them every day. And I think it's just because they put up that like that facade of like, oh no, we're against all these people. We're we're the good guys. So come come you know come to our park and support us rather than going and supporting your Doc Antles or your Joe Exotics. And so I, I didn't I'm, – I'm just kind of now realizing how kind of manipulative that is because mm-hmm. when Carol Baskin's – when Carol Baskin first started like Big Cat Rescue with her husband, like they were uh, they were exactly what Joe Exotic and Doc Antle are doing. They were breeding cats and they were selling them. And then like – and then it became illegal and then they kind of flipped script and Carol is like, oh, no, I, I want to protect cats. I don't want to – I don't want to, you know, breed and sell them anymore. And – uh and so I guess that's another reason she's so, you know, despicable is, you know, she uh, she's just a hypocrite and she she thinks she can get away with anything because she puts up puts off this like idea that she's just like, you know, this, you know, kind old kind old woman, you know, just trying to just trying to save some cats. And she's playing the victim every time someone comes and attacks her and just calls her out for, you know, the wrongdoing stuff, the bad stuff she's doing. And she's like, I'm, I'm just trying to help these cats. That's all I care about is that cats never wants to attack me. It's like, no, you're kind of being a hypocrite and you're shady and you probably killed your husband. So you mentioned earlier uh, how Joe doesn't really treat his employees the best. He doesn't pay him a whole lot. He does give him shelter, but he also like he just doesn't treat him the best. Do you know how much Carol Baskin's employees made combined? Nothing. Absolutely zero, zero dollars. dollars. They're all zero volunteers. dollars. They were all volunteers, and they had like so. There's like so hard to like level up to be a volunteer. It's like that's just a waste of your time at that point. Yeah. I get if you're Carol like, Baskin, like yeah. If they're like old retired people, just like that like working, but they don't need, necessarily need the money. It's like okay, maybe volunteer there like during the summer or something. But these are like like middle-aged like men and women that like full have families. Time. They're like full-time working here for absolutely no money. It's like what are you doing? Yeah, it's it's bizarre and it's ridiculous that <laughs> she's not paying her employees anything. And to this day, even after everyone's seen this documentary, I wonder if that's going to change. I wonder if she gets backlash on social media and on the internet but that's bizarre thousands and thousands of employees and they get paid zero dollars i don't think so i think she's uh, the kind of person that's kind of stuck in their ways but speaking of stuff that this documentary brings up uh i don't know if you saw but the uh 
uh, Florida State Police have reopened the investigation into the disappearance of her ex-husband, uh, Don. Uh, after after oh, suspicions during the documentary rose that maybe Carol was kind of responsible for his disappearance. So do you want to get into that at all? I mean, it's there's not really much we could talk about without, you know, going into like some theories. But do you want to just talk about like what happened to her husband? Yeah, I think uh, that if you do listen to anything or read anything about Tiger King, this is definitely going to be mentioned. So a different angle that I want to take on it is, yes, I do think. She murdered, uh, what was his name, Don? Don, I, is definitely Don, but I don't know his last name. Yeah. It was like Wilson or something. I don't I'm know. I'm convinced Carol killed Don and fed him to the Tigers because if they would have gotten a divorce, which they clearly were going to, he got all the rights to the Tigers, all the rights to the farm, all the rights to pretty she, much everything. So Carol she would have, would have lost. She would have nothing. Yeah, yeah. she would have nothing. She would have lost her entire dream. She would have lost her farm. So there's the reason. And the way she got away with it was her brother was the sheriff. I don't think there's like, there's obviously a lot more sides to the story, but from the way Netflix portrayed the documentary, it mm. made it seem like, like convincingly that Carol Baskin fed her husband to the Tigers. I love. I I really liked how. Uh, also, before I before I go on, uh, shout out Eric Good. He was the guy that created and directed and produced the Tiger King. He was the guy with the beard that was interviewing everyone and calling them on the phone and stuff. So shout out Eric Good for just making just a really fantastic uh, docu series. Yeah, it's awesome. But uh, but I also thought Tiger King did did a good job of not like telling us that oh she definitely killed her husband and got away with it she they kind of let let they you know they gave us all the details they like let some of the other characters give us their theories and then they're like all right whatever you think you know there's no set there's no like set theory yet so just kind of come up with your own i i personally a lot of i i think that she murdered her husband first and then uh dismembered his body and then fed it to the tiger yeah i don't know in between that I don't people I think when we're when discussing this kind of get caught up in that she fed her husband like alive to the tigers. There's no way that like alive these tigers that like he's been around since cubs would eat him. You know, and they're yeah. actually in like I think it's like episode 6 or 7 she has a quote where it's the clip of uh the the someone put like cologne on Joe Exotic's shoes and, and like the cat him. They like they start biting his shoe, and so Carol makes a comment. And she's like, "I don't know what would make a cat do that unless you put like like sardine oil all over the shoes." And you're like, "Wait a minute, so, how would you know? How would you know that? Is that how you killed your husband?" Yeah. Oh, I I I don't think that she fed her husband alive to the tigers because you know he's an able-bodied man. He easily could have got out, or at least like calmed the tigers down to the point where he could have got out. So I think she probably murdered him with you know some other way, and then either cut up his body or just threw it in a hole in one of the tiger cages and then if there's any remains just dispose of those and like uh because they're in the everglades like they're in florida like they should easily yeah. just dump that in like a swamp somewhere and then the alligators ate it or in the yeah. fish and stuff and <laughs> joe talked multiple times about oh we should kill carol throw in a swamp just it's <laughs> it doesn't surprise me but at the same time it was shocking just how much murder is in this industry like how much just building like, and it's not like both both of us were from Indianola. It's not like I have a tiger farm in Indianola and you have one in Milo, and we're like competing for viewers. We're competing. We're competing for money. Like Doc Antle was in South Carolina, 
Joe Exotic was in Oklahoma, and Carol Baskin was in Florida. Those are like all at least 10 hours apart from each other. And there's just this much drama between them. And uh, it it's fascinating, but it's just... Yeah. It blows me away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, do you want to talk about some of our favorite moments? Yeah. The show? There's I, a ton of just quotable scenes and funny moments. Do you want to get into some of your favorite ones? Yeah, I'll... I'll go first. My favorite quote of the show is, without a doubt, when Joe was like, I'm gayer than a $3 bill. (laughs) (laughs) That just didn't make any sense. (laughs) What? Bro. (laughs) Um, another, Another moment. So, in episode three, I believe, where joe travis and john all got married just the yeah. scene of them in like a pink dress shirt cowboy <laughs> boots and jeans at a wedding pink camo yeah yeah it was pink camo it just like also can you could you believe that joe exotic married two men who were both 19 at the and they were both straight both straight one of them ran off with a receptionist that he had, that worked at GWZ that he accidentally got pregnant and the other one you know told it was pretty universally known that he wasn't a gay man everyone knew everyone, that except for Joe everyone himself. on the farm knew except <laughs> Joe <laughs> Joe didn't find out until after he accidentally shot himself so uh, um, yeah rip Rip Travis. Rip Travis. Just, well, a, no. just a tragedy. I think, so, like, yeah, go ahead. something that was, this wasn't funny or, like, my favorite moment of the show, but I think maybe, like, the part where I turned on Joe was at Travis's funeral where he just, like, made a scene out of it in front of his mom. Mm-hmm. I think that was really where um, my feelings about Joe began to change. But that was just, like, was he singing or was he acting? It was something like he was singing. Yeah, he was singing. It was just it was forced and not not a good look. Also, too, is when he married uh, what is his new husband's name? It's Dylan, isn't it? Yeah, it's Dylan something. When he married Dylan, uh, he invited Travis's mom to the wedding, and the wedding ended up just being like Dylan's family. I think like some of the workers there, and then Travis's mom. And it's like, and then so Travis, and then Travis's mom said that like, she she went to the wedding, she took pictures with Joe and his new husband, and then that's the last time she's ever heard from Joe, was at you know the wedding of her former son's ex-husband. It's like, what are you doing, guy? So one thing that I feel like we have to talk about that we'll get into more of your favorite moments after this. Um, the Iowa connection to this show was definitely not expected. Mm-hmm. So. First off, I can't think of her name off the top of my head, but she was one of the apprentices at Doc Antle's farm. She was born and raised. She wasn't really an she wasn't really an apprentice. She was more a part of his cult and uh, one possible and a candidate to be one of his like six wives. Yeah, that was like seemed kind of like Doc Antle reminds me of Jabba the Hutt. In a way, I that's would agree. kind of how I that's kind of how I view him after the show. And I can just picture Miss Girl from Ames as Princess Leia and Jabba just, like, luring. Ugh. It, all the Doc Antle parts, um, they gave me just creepish vibes. There were a lot of 
moments in the show that just like made me feel weird and like this is not mm-hmm. normal. But whenever they were on Doc Antle's farm, it just did not not feel right at all. Well, Doc Antle's farm has that idea that's like it's like really nice and well kept and like it's like open field. It, do you know what it looks like? It looks like a place where a cult would be. It looks like a cult. And so when they when he, when they say that in like episode like I think it's two, they're like, yeah, Doc basically runs a cult, and they're like, oh yes, this looks like exactly like a place where a cult would be. It's all like female workers that are all like super close to Doc. They're all dressed in like you know not enough clothes to be around. They're all dressed to Doc's liking, to Doc's specific choices. Yep, and it's just and then he just looks like a guy that would run a cult, you know? Oh, he does, he doesn't look. Doubt. Yeah, so, he, so if I mean, this it, looks, it looks to, like a place where it would be. If this is made into, like, a movie, like, down the road or right now, does Doc Antle not look like John Travolta? He does. I, I think I think that, but... If, they need so, to make a movie right now so John Travolta can play him. Let's let's ca- let's cast this movie. Let, let's, let's just go to the main characters, and who would you cast? So who would you cast as Joe Exotic? I saw one on Twitter that I would I thought would really work. Oh, I need more time to think about this. Um, Joe Exotic. I'll, I'll take this. Uh, I think. Uh, do you know who Danny McBride is? Danny McBride. Let me look him up. Have you ever seen uh, Tropic Thunder? Oh yeah. He was the guy that was like the uh, was in charge of the explosives. Oh. He was, in, he was in hot. He played a Rico in Hot Rod. I think that I think Danny McBride would make a just a hilarious okay. Joe Exotic. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, Who do you think would play Doc? I think would you say John Travolta? Travolta. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jeff Lowe. Who who would play Jeff Lowe? Um. Who plays the um, bald shield agent in Avengers? The bald one. Yeah. Is he the one that dies? Yeah, he was the Hydra agent. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah. yeah. You think he would play Jeff Lowe? He doesn't really have that kind of, like, that, that yeah. trash joke. That, like, so, I think Jeff Lowe, with, like, a monster, of, like, a tap-out hat became a human being, it would be Jeff Lowe. Like, a fox racing shirt was a, was a person with a, with a, with a personality, it would become Jeff Lowe. Yeah. I a monster can come to life. I don't know who'd be, because would you want to? If you if you made a Tiger King like movie, would it be a comedy or would it be like serious? <sighs> you could go either way, and it's it's gonna be phenomenal. Because if you if you, make you it, could if you make it serious, I you're like you like have to make it funny. I I do too, but like. Like it's kind of a serious subject. Like these are like, just like poor tigers that like are being mistreated and killed as cubs. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like since there's already been a documentary showing like the dark side of it. Yeah. I think like a a movie embracing just like the bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, get, getting back on the casting, there was. Uh, have you ever seen the Goldbergs? Yeah. I think the mom and the Goldbergs would make a perfect Carol Baskin. And oh, yeah. Is, uh, Wendy McLovin, uh, McLendon Covey is her name. I think she would make a perfect Carol Baskin. 
And then I think Kevin who who's the what was the snitcher's name? The big guy? Oh was it James? Uh sure. James I think James Garrison. Yep, that was his name. Yep. James, I think uh I think uh keeping the name the same, I think Kevin James has gotta play him. Yeah. And then uh who Jeff Lowe. Who would play Jeff Lowe? Uh maybe like Will Ferrell? I think like I don't even think Will Ferrell is like DiCaprio. DiCaprio could play a good Jeff Lowe. I don't think DiCaprio is old enough though to play Jeff Lowe. Not that he wouldn't do a good job. I just think he needs to be like someone older. Yeah. I guess I DiCaprio could play good anyone. Uh who would play John Finley? Um Oh my gosh. Creed Bratton could play the perfect like John Finley. John Finley? Creed Bratton? He's like seventy. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? Just like looking uh, at I think Miles Teller. I think Miles Teller could play a good Travis Maldonado. Um. So Rick Kirkham, the director. I think William Shatner would play good. Rick Rick Kirkham. Kirkham? I was thinking J.K. Simmons. Yeah, that. That's good too. Rick Kirkham. Uh, who would play good? Uh, Howard. Um. Oh. Who's just the simplest man alive? Yeah, who's 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 the biggest simp alive? Uh, oh no, I want to take back. I want to take back my. Uh, what was the fat guy's name again? James Garrison. I want to take back who I want to catch. I think Jack Black would be a really funny one. Yeah, but they don't. They don't resemble each. Oh, you're talking about um, the snitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Jack Black would be a funny one. Um, I think get rid get rid of Kevin Sam, James. Sam Elliott um would play a pretty good Howard. Sam Elliott. Sam you Elliott Sam... from. Uh... No way, not Sam Elliott. He's, he's like an old country guy. Got... <sighs> I don't agree with the personality part, but I think he like the age, the body type, the yeah. tone of voice kind of fits it. Who would play a good Jeff Lowe? This Jeff Lowe thing is really wrong. Uh, let's let's get off this topic. We've been on it too long. Okay, let's talk about Jeff Lowe for a second. What did you what did you think of Jeff Lowe? I think Jeff Lowe, there's no argument, is just a bad human being. He reminds me of Trevor from Grand Theft Auto Five. Mm-hmm. Yep. He. He's just obviously a bad guy the second he comes on the show. I don't know what Joe Exotic was doing hiring him. Um, yeah. Like, you you want to, like, when you're watching the episode where Jeff Lowe's introduced, you want to just jump in and be like, hey, Joe, don't do this. This guy's going to destroy your career before you've even seen the rest of the show. He's just yeah. like that. He's the stereotypical villain. You see a guy wearing a tap-out hat or a Fox Racing hat with a bandana under it, a ponytail, a goatee, no other facial hair, just a goatee, 
a, a leather jacket with ripped jeans riding a motorcycle and you're like yeah let's do business with this guy it's like no man his his personality fits exactly what he looks like it's like this is just a shady dude you don't want to be with if you don't have to what doesn't make sense to me is he didn't like make sure to look at his house he didn't make sure to look at his cars to see that they were rented yeah that seems like a simple background check before hiring him before parting with him would have mm-hmm. led exact down the road maybe i shouldn't be friends with this guy maybe i shouldn't partner with him i think part of the reason he partnered with jeff flow was because he was just so desperate for money and he knew jeff had it and could kind of like i don't think he wanted to bring in like an outsider and he knew jeff kind of understood the business not that he necessarily cared for the guy but i think he just needed the money so bad that's why he brought it, it was just kind of a desperation act i don't that's think it was true. really because he's like oh i think this guy could bring some positive impact i think he's just like he kind of he, he kind of understands the business and he's got the money so let's let's try to bring him in i think that i think it was just him being desperate okay we are like 35 minutes into the show and how have we not mentioned joe exotic running for president and governor and finishing third in the governor race with 13 he pulled in at 13 percent. that's a huge portion how? of the votes i don't know i think i think not to get political but i think he brought kind of the same reason uh in around 2016 when trump was getting elected and yeah I think I think people are like he, he doesn't care what he like says. He speaks he speaks his mind. He doesn't beat around the bush, and I think that's what we need. I think it was kind of people are kind of right right in that Trump way of like Joe Exotic's kind of just a kind of a for lack of a better word a white trash Trump, you know. And he, yeah. he just kind of says whatever he wants, and he he looks like he might get some stuff done. So I think that's why. Also, did you do you remember him running for president? Because I do. I I remember him running for president as like a. I think I watched some video, read some article about like just like wacky third party candidates, and I, I remember I remember Joe Exotic being on there. I think I briefly remember something like him, but I don't remember specifically like Joe Exotic running. Do you remember his campaign manager saying that Joe genuinely thought he had a chance at president? <laughs> yes. I think that's if you had to sum up who Joe Exotic is as a person, that would be it. Just yeah, without a doubt. No idea of reality at all. <laughs> he, he reminds me like as a character as Michael Scott. Just yeah. like everything revolves around me, even when it A doesn't have to and B it shouldn't. No and matter just, what, yeah. like Exotic is the star of the show and I think there's a line like towards the end and they said like for better or for worse like you live and die by Joe Exotic you like he's going down doing what he does and in the end that ended up getting him thrown in jail for 22 years but Exotic mm-hmm. is like the star of the show and he has he has more confidence than Steph Curry on a heat check <laughs> after three straight threes so we're recording this on yeah you we're recording it. we're recording this on april 2nd it'll come up april 3rd but as of today joe exotic has officially been diagnosed with the coronavirus really yeah i just saw that on twitter before we started recording oh my gosh i didn't see that. <laughs> i didn't know i that's we don't want to get into too much of the coronavirus because people have heard so much yeah. about it i can't even imagine what prisons are like with like the outbreak yeah. of it because this mm-hmm. the second one case is in it's pretty much automatically everywhere 
you would assume. Just not very sanitary places, eating together, sleeping yeah. close to each other, st- stuff like that. Well, yeah. I hope Joe gets well. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you hope? He's kind of a bad person. <laughs> I don't not know. That, not that, not that we wish like... death on the guy, but, like, I don't know. He did some very, very questionable stuff. Yeah. I think this would be the last thing we say about, like, exotic as a person i think i feel bad for him because he's not the only one who should be in jail i oh, think i think i think of, jeff load i think jeff load definitely is going to be the next person to you know step foot in jail. doc Annell, i i think there could be just a whole sting of these people that get brought down i think and doc Annell. I think Dark Animal might avoid jail time because they raided his zoo. Do you remember that at the very end they said they raided uh, Joe Exotic like tipped him off and they raided the zoo and took all of his animals. So Doc yeah. Antle's like I think he has like a couple like monkeys and stuff left, but for the most part he's got nothing, nothing more. Yeah, I'm not saying he will be, but I think there's so many people in this story that are involved that deserve to be in prison, mm-hmm. and that doesn't take away Joe's sentence, but it makes you feel bad that like. He's stuck in jail, and everyone else is still going about their normal lives. Yeah, that's where that's where it comes from for me. But that doesn't make Joe a good person, and that doesn't make anyone that didn't get thrown in jail a good person either. Yeah. Uh, so, is there any final thoughts you have before we move on to our final and last segment? I can't. I mean, we could do a whole another like three or four episodes of this just because we've we only could. scratched this. This, we but, could do an hour and a half episode breaking down all seven episodes. I could go an hour and a half on each. I could do an hour and a half podcast on each episode. That's how much I have to say about it. But we're not going to do that because that's a lot that we don't want to do. And we just spent like an hour talking about it. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the show, it's, it's nuts. I hope they continue just to make documentaries about bizarre stuff that you would like never think of and now like I, when i'm driving i can't help but drive by like this house on a gravel road or mm-hmm. on the highway and think like does that person have a tiger farm like a 200 tiger farm behind their house like it's got my eyes open just because it's this it's a phenomenon I used to have a neighbor that would that would had that had exotic animals. He doesn't anymore because he died. But he had zebras, camels, uh, goats, dog, sheep dogs, horses. See, this and he would, is, and this was like He'd five minutes. This is five minutes from my house, and I had no idea. There has yeah. to be hundreds. Not not to the extent of Joe Exotic or Doc Antle or Carol Baskin, but there's got to be hundreds and hundreds of just like small exotic animal farms across yeah. the country and we have no idea it could mm-hmm. literally be your next door neighbor and you could have no clue oh before we go can we talk about they interviewed the guy that was the inspiration for scarface yeah okay yeah that, so we were talking about how um whatever that guy's name was rick the producer yeah um yeah Rick Kirkham. How Rick Kirkham was probably the most like normal main character. I lied. The cocaine dealer from Miami that they interviewed in like episodes two and three was yeah. portrayed as like this guy's like got normal qualities. Like he seems all right. But then you ignore the fact 
that he was one of the biggest Coke dealers in Miami in the 1980s, which was like a yeah. huge time for Coke in America. He was the person that Scarface was based off of. And he looks just like, he looks like a politician compared to everyone else on the show. That is uh, like Mario Tebro. Mario yeah. Tebro is his name. You compare him to the other people in that show, and he looks like he's Adam Silver out there. Yeah. This man was the inspiration for Scar. Have you ever seen Scarface? I haven't, but I, I know exactly. <sighs> man. He, he was the inspiration of Scarface. He dealt drugs and weapons and stuff for years, went to federal prison, and now he's owning you know he owns an exotic like a private exotic zoo and he's just the most normal guy on the show he's like yeah i did it uh yeah i guess scarface is kind of inspired after me and but yeah i don't really agree with some of the stuff joe does but like we know each other and you know we we uh we're very uh it's a mutual thing we don't dislike each other but we're not best friends it's like oh you know here's just you know the real life scarface describing to me how him and this tiger guy in you know the middle of nowhere oklahoma are you know, business acquaintances. Okay, this is normal. This is a normal documentary. Yeah, that... I think that about wraps up exactly what the show is. Yeah. Scarface looks like Adam Silver compared to <laughs> anyone else on the show. Where do you think... And one last... Uh, you can go. I'll, uh, you can go. One, one last Tiger King. So James Gatterman, the snitch that we talked about earlier... Can we just talk about the scene of him the, on a jet ski for like 45 seconds? Scene? What, what where, I don't know, man. Where did that come from? He's just like, I think I'm, I think I'm probably going to keep doing this, you know, bring everyone down. And then two minute scene of just him riding a jet ski in the middle of some like lake or something. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> All right. I, 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 what were you going to say? Uh, what do you think Netflix goes from here? Because I think Netflix is, I was listening to another podcast and they were discussing it, but they're like Netflix's thing with these documentaries is like once every like year and a half or two years, they have like a documentary that like blows up and it's the talk of the town. Like, do you, did you remember making of a murderer? Yeah. Did I never watch watched it? it, but I heard a I lot about either. it. But that was like, that was like that. That was, I don't think it was as big. I think Tiger King really hit at the perfect time because everyone's in their house and they don't have anything better to do. But like making a murder was huge. Everyone was talking about it because it's like, you know, and so where does Netflix go from here? Because like, I, I couldn't have written a story like this, you know, a story about a, Yeah. Like, where I, does Netflix go from here? I think it's impossible for us to know. Because after making a murder, you say, where does Netflix go from here? No one says, yeah. like, make a documentary about these exotic tiger farms spread out through the country. And one of them fed their husband to a tiger and threatened to kill the other person. Like, I yeah, think really Netflix knows where to go from here because I wonder if they tried to go more crazy, more bizarre, or if they come back down to earth and go for more of like a traditional documentary about like a murder case. But I don't think they can from here. This is this is insane. The Tiger King's insane. It is nothing I don't think anyone has ever like even thought about. And like I, I don't know. It seems like it just seems like it's something that like how I, like I don't want to say because Netflix is like like it's one of the biggest platforms in the world right now. Like no way this is where they peak. But like I don't I don't know how you can find anything more bizarre and crazy and like so unexpected at every turn like this. So no. I, I 
so the next big documentary or something that they put out, I mean, I just I just can't believe that it'll be better or be as like popular as this was, you know. I think you're right, but it's also a good problem to have. That's true. It, that is very true. It's better to have to live up to expectations that you put on yourself than it is to recover from something that bombed. But yeah. so moving in, I think that's about 45 minutes of Tiger King talk, which is a little yeah. scratch surface, like I said, about what it could be. But for mm-hmm. our last um, segment of the day, we're going to talk about everything we watched in March and maybe just read them off if it if it's super important, maybe give a brief synopsis of what it was, what what you got out of it. But I'll let you go first for the movies and shows that you watched in the month of March. All right. So first off, before I start, I want to say uh, I was the one that came up with this idea. I completely stole it from uh, Carson Runquist on, on uh, YouTube. So check out Carson. This was his idea first. Uh, this was not anything original we came up with. And uh, I didn't really – we didn't talk about this podcast, starting this podcast until like three weeks ago. And so I didn't really keep track of everything I watched the month of March. It was kind of me recalling – spent a few minutes recalling what I watched. So for the next month of April, you know, I'll, I'll make sure to keep track of everything I watch. So I'll start out with obviously The Tiger King, which I, I really I really loved every every minute of. I watched Goodfellas twice. I The first time I saw it was on Netflix, I watched it, and then I watched it – two days later again because i just love that movie so much uh i watched mindhunter all the way through for a third time uh david fincher's crime series on netflix highly recommend it it's one of it's probably my favorite show of all time if you like murder mystery stuff and serial killers it's definitely the show for you uh i watched a few seasons of brooklyn 99 andy samberg show was on fox got dropped picked up by nb it's on nbc now i think i think brooklyn 99 is hilarious i mean it's like a yeah it's a it's a, a cable sitcom or whatever, but like it, I, there's some genuinely. Andy Samberg's just one of those guys. He's genuinely just everything he does is funny. You know, Hot Rod, uh, Pop Star was funny. Lonely Island, even though it's music's funny, all of his SNL digital shorts were funny. And I think that is a chunky. Uh, I, just everything Andy Samberg touches is funny. So I I, I really enjoy Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, the show that takes place near Boone, Iowa. Uh, starring Johnny Depp, starring a young Johnny Depp and a very young Leonardo DiCaprio, and uh, also the mom from uh, Step Brothers is in it. Oh, I've she never heard a, of it. She has a very very romantic affair with uh, Johnny Depp in the show or in the movie. It's called What's Eating Gilbert Grape. It's, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. It's it's not one of my favorite movies, but it's definitely a movie that every time I watch it, I really enjoy. It's sad. It's you know, it makes you happy at times. Leonardo DiCaprio, even though he's like, he can't be more than probably 16 in it, 17. He gives a great performance. He plays a special needs. I think he has autism in it. Just, it's one of his best performances, I think. I personally think his best performance is in The Departed. What's he eating Gilbert Grape has to be a close second or third, I would think. It's it's a really good performance by young Leo, Leo DiCaprio. Uh, I watched End of Watch starring Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael. Uh, let me look it up real quick. It's starring Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Michael Pena and uh, Anna Kendrick's in it in, in it as well. It's about uh, two cops who are uh, – they just document everything they do. It's super sad, uh, super 
it's another kind of it's two LA police officers, so it's really it's really sad, but also interesting at the same time. And it's a great movie. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. And then I watched uh, Donald Glover's comedy special, Weirdo, one of the funniest comedy specials I have ever watched. Um, it's it's another one of those things where I me and my friends we quote it all the time just because it's so funny and it's, a, it's such a rewatchable comedy special. It's 10 years old now, which is insane to think of. It came out in 2010. And so, uh, if you like Donald, if you like Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, uh, check out Weirdo. It's on Netflix. Uh, it's on YouTube as well. The whole thing is so. And also, it's on Spotify. So, and then finally, I watched a few uh, few episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Just the classic Danny DeVito, uh, Charlie Day, and uh, Glenn Howerton and uh, Rob uh, McClellan or something like that. And then I don't know D's name, but uh, just. Right. You can't go wrong with all. You can't go wrong with it's always sunny. So what did what did you watch in in March, Jake? So as it goes from movies, um, again, we didn't decide we were starting this until a few weeks ago, so I'm probably leaving a couple off. But I think I went back and I I found most of the movies I watched. Um, a couple weeks ago, I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, we named off our top five, and it's probably my favorite Marvel movie. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fun watch. If I remade my top twenty five or my top five, it might not be in there, but Still a good movie, still a fun Chris Pratt. Um, James Gunn does a great job directing. Mm-hmm. I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for the first time. Finally got great it off a box. Great movie. Hilarious ending. Brad Pitt, DiCaprio do. I, I think that might be job. I think that might be the funniest uh, uh, uh Tarantino movie. Tarantino. Yeah. I'd agree. The yeah. ending scene is perfect and hilarious. It's hilarious. Not enough, yeah. not enough Margot Robbie though. Margot Robbie. I don't know why mm-hmm. I said Robbie. But Still a good movie. Good fellas, as we talked about last week. Um, White <laughs> Girls. <laughs> it's got uh, Terry Crews in it. I don't even know how to describe the movie. Um, I don't think I would watch it again, but it's entertaining. <laughs> uh, I watched Spotlight. That's going to be, spoiler, potentially a movie we talk about next week. Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton. Um, Oscar winner in 2015. Yep. It's a... Great movie, a heart wrencher. It, it definitely makes you feel something. But as a journalism mm-hmm. major, um, I can appreciate quality, perfect journalism. But we'll talk about that way more next week. Um, yep. I watched Avengers Endgame. We don't need to talk too much about that. Uh, 21 and over. It's kind of like White Girls. It's an entertaining, funny movie. But I don't think I would go out of my way to watch it again. And then I watched a couple documentaries. Uh, Tiger King, obviously. I watched a 30 for 30 over Jimmy Connors, the tennis player from the 80s. And it's about his like U.S. Open um, semifinal run as a 39-year-old. It was an entertaining one. And as a tennis player, I can appreciate it. Finally, mm-hmm. at the heart of gold, the story about Larry Nassar and the USA gymnastics scandal, which is also a heart-wrencher, a very made documentary that i don't know if i would watch again just because it does suck to watch um yeah so then for tv i watched the bachelor um screw peter screw great Victoria, show. screw T- pretty much screw everyone at the ending except madison kelly should have won i don't care what anyone screw says kelly, kelly kelly and peter just got uh there's just photos of them like last week of hanging out in yeah, chicago team kelly all the way screw barb um barb sucks I started Community yesterday, and I've got through the first 15 episodes. Young, 
Donald Glover is hilarious. I'm excited just because I'm assuming he'll get a bigger role as the show goes on. He's still in kind of a minor role, but he's awesome. Um, we can talk about that a little. Got, I, I'll, I'm probably gonna watch it, so we'll we'll probably talk about that in a couple, yeah. you know, a couple weeks. Chevy Chase um, is funny but old. I didn't even recognize him at first. He's um, so old. Then, He's so old. And then some staples that I just watch a couple episodes each month. Um, I'll just name them off fast. Rick and Morty, The Simpsons, Star Wars, Clone Wars. I think you should leave in the league. I mean, I'll probably mm. dabble in at least a couple episodes of those a month, so I won't go too far into them. But overall, it was a really good month of movies and TV for me. Mm-hmm. And that, All right. that about think... does it for us today. But before uh, we head out, we do want, if you're not already following either of us on social media, um, we want to give you our handles. I'm not tweeting a lot right now because I'm on Lent, but as soon as Easter hits on April 11th, I will be tweeting at a pretty regular pace about sports, um, movies, TV, all that good stuff, pop culture. So my Twitter's jakebren32. I believe my Instagram's the same thing. And then my Snapchat is uh, jbrend32. Uh, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at alexpxwell. It's just Alex Powell, uh, P-W-E-L-L, but the O is an X. Then you can find me on Twitter at alex30powell. Um, if you'd be, uh, I'm a graphic designer, so if you'd be interested in seeing any of my work, it's mostly sports and music related, but if you'd be interested in see, I tweet about sports a lot, uh, from that account. So if you'd be interested in seeing any of my sports takes or, uh, looking at any of my art, you can follow me at, at Viking graphics. So two G's, Vi- uh, V I G V I K I N G G R A P H I C S. So, yeah. And we'll, we'll tag those into the description if you didn't get a listen to them. Um, close enough so yep. that about does it for me a lot of tiger king talk i love it um i'll probably could, i could go on the documentary again just because it's yeah it happens fast um it's never ending it's twisting it's awesome i want to be but, interested in like see said, like I how could, much i missed yeah you know? there were a couple things that you brought up that i like just didn't even remember i'm sure we're still leaving a ton on the table too there's so much to unpack in that documentary like we said we could go on for hours about it so yeah, well, for me, Jake Brend and for Alex Powell, we wish you a good Friday, April 3rd, and hopefully staying healthy and staying safe in the outbreak of COVID-19. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Yep, thank you. Bye.